Hello, folks. We're back. It's the Bible Rundown. David is back. Rob is back. The band is back together. Day 77, Deuteronomy 32 through 34. We are now finishing the book of Deuteronomy, probably one of the most important books of the Bible, David. Just briefly, what, what's been some takeaways for, from you reading through the book of Deuteronomy? Mm. Good question. I mean, I, I'm not at the the age or stage of life that I think about like what I would pass on to my children. But Rob, I can't help but think like, what are going to be my last words to my family before I go? And I think that's really what, what Moses is doing here. And it's interesting. What are his last words? It's a simple restatement of what God gave to him. And so... Um, I love it, right? Like there's nothing more, there's nothing less for Moses to add other than pointing them back towards here are the things that the Lord's asked you to do. Here's what he has said he'll do in response if you keep these things. And then going forward, he reminds them, I love this song of Moses in chapter 32, right? It's it's basically, how does he describe it? A witness against the people, <laughs> right? So like if you, if you, when you sing this song, it's going to serve as a self-fulfilling witness of whether or not you've kept everything I've told you to keep or whether or not you've totally strayed away from it. So I just love the wisdom of Moses. I mean, he's clearly passing the torch to Joshua. Um, but I think he, I don't know. Do you think in the back of his mind, he's thinking the people aren't going to be able to keep what, what God's charged him to keep? Yeah, it's an incredible book. I mean, <clears throat> if you read it over and over again, the more you read it, the more, enthralled you are with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the old covenant, the God who spoke through Moses concerning the law and the instructions that he gave and the wisdom that he gives concerning life. And, uh, you know, I love, I loved in the last few chapters, he's like, you got two paths, life or death, which path are you going to choose? Choose life. I'm imploring you to choose life. And that's, you know, Moses's last statement is, is essentially choose life. This is the God of heaven and earth. Obey him and, uh, and, and choose the, the, the blessings of God. And essentially that's still the choice that we have today, right? Like, do we walk in the blessings of Christ and the cross of Christ? Or do we go in our own way and make make for ourselves gods out of our own our own self centered interests and and do we do what we think is best instead of what God's design is and what He says is best in our own life and uh, you know it's the same it's the same thing choose life or choose death and uh, to our listeners out there we want you to choose the way of God. And the way of God is through Jesus Christ. And the way that he circumcises our hearts is giving us a new spirit. He gives us a new, a new heart to love God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we look at this, this chapter of Deuteronomy, we see the gospel on display. We see that the need, the necessary nature of God himself to circumcise our hearts, to change our hearts, to regenerate our hearts and make us a new creation. And that's all done through Christ Jesus.
Amen. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. He It's capitalized in my Bible, but these references to the rock, and I know Moses struck the rock, but do you think that, you know, in the Psalms it speaks about God as the rock or the refuge for his people, but here with it being capitalized, do you think it's to be taken as as something more personal than just a, a statement of God being something firm to put our faith on? Oh yeah. I think I see it. In, I think it's almost a, like a word. Uh, it's like a name of God, the rock, you know, the rock. Yeah, and so yeah. the rock in which we stand, like, you know, I think, I think it's almost like the name of God right here. He calls him the most yeah. high, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's got this word for, Israel called Jerusalem, and it's like it's like this. Uh, it, it, it's almost like a a mother and hen with their chick. It's like this loving, tender word for God's people, Jerusalem. It's not used very often throughout the Bible. It's used in Isaiah, but but this word Jerusalem is like descriptive of God's loving mercy, kindness, forgiveness, tender tender mercies. Yeah. And I think, so I've been thinking through this, right? So this song of Moses, it talks, it goes back and forth a lot, right? So reminding us again of Jesus, what you said earlier, Moses really is encouraging the people choose life, not death. But it's interesting, right? Is God loving to allow us to pursue sin if we choose? Like, why would a good God allow us to not always just settle on choosing him alone? Why would he let us go after other vain things that really don't promise us any life? Yeah, I would say that the reason why he allows us to go after uh, false idols is because he genuinely loves us. And so he wants us to love him. And what is love without a choice, right? Like if we were all robots and we weren't able to choose a different direction than the way that God has provided, then we would not. Uh, ultimately love God, we would just be programmed uh, to do that. But ultimately, God in his steadfast love is faithful in his love, even when we are unfaithful. And that's where the cross of Christ is mm -hmm. so beautiful. And the gospel comes to light in such a is in such a in such a beautiful way. I, I got a question for you. Um, as as uh, Moses is is leaving uh he is giving this this leadership to um to <clears throat> to joshua and it says that they laid hands on him uh, verse 9 of chapter 34 and joshua the son of nun was full of the spirit of wisdom for moses had laid his hands on him when we talk about the laying on of hands david uh, what what is the significance of the laying on of hands here as it relates to the spirit of wisdom? Ooh, good question. So if I don't answer it in the way that you're thinking, I'll, I'll be curious your response. Um, there's like the, the physical imparting, right, of the ministry of Moses on to Joshua. And so if this is done in front of the people, then I think that they're seeing... Uh, much more than just passing the torch, right? It's Moses imparting to him all of his wisdom through kind of this physical sign. 
And I know in the church, like when we do ordination services, commissioning men into the office of or role of deacon in the church, but particularly of pastor, right? There's other pastors and other men that have been in that office that are laying their hands on the individual and praying over them. And I think that that's where I feel like this idea really births from for us of what is the purpose of ordination. It's not just a certificate, right? It's really a recognition of uh, godly authority that's been given from God and passed among one another to to share the leadership that God entrusts us to as under shepherds for his church. So I kind of, that's the way I kind of view it with, with Joshua and, and maybe a connection to us in the church, but what, what do you see? No, I, I agree completely with it. I think it's, I think it's a very important text because I think that laying on of hands is not only signifying that, um, that the, the same spirit that is upon me is now is, is upon you, but also the, the, the understanding of this passing of the torch, right? Like, I think when we lay on hands, we have to have the understanding that the responsibilities and the significance of leadership is now placed upon you, um, those that we are ordaining uh, as elders or deacons or some sort of in some sort of way. We're 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 passing that torch to the next generation, and I and and I see this in in the next you know, next chapter of Joshua, it will say Moses is dead, right? Like the generation now is Joshua, you are the leader, like wake up. Now is the time for you to lead. And so I think we have to understand that not only are we affirming this man, the spirit of wisdom upon this man uh, who is to lead the church or to lead in, in service in the deacons, but we're also affirming that they are to lead the next generation towards Christ. And I think, I think it's a weighty thing and we should, uh, we should treat it with weightiness. What do you think of these, uh, these blessings for the different, uh, the different uh, tribes here? You know, we have, we have Judah and we have Zebulon, Gad, Benjamin, Joseph, Naphtali, Asher. We have all the tribes and, and it's almost like the blessing of the tribes as Abraham blessed them, Moses now will bless the tribes. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting. I think some of them echo what Jacob blessed his sons with right before he died. Um, but I think for me, one of them that we had kind of talked about that was interesting was Gad, right? We talked about Gad and Reuben before they even got into the promised land, they found land that they wanted to claim and asked Moses if they could do it. And Moses gave some conditions, right? But it's interesting that in the blessing for Gad, uh, chapter 33, 20 through 21, Moses says, hey, he chose the the best of the land for himself, for their commander's portion was reserved. Um, So I think some of these are, they're blessings of, of who the people are, not just what they will be. Um, and so I think what, what I see in a lot of these is Moses's recognition of the diversity of what's represented in these tribes with obviously the, the ones that stand out to us as the primary characters. But um, it's interesting to kind of see some of the history repeated in the blessings that re- Moses gives the people as well. Mm. Yeah, I think it. 
I think it's an interesting dynamic um, of these tribes and the blessings associated with them. And, and, you know, obviously the only ones that will survive is Judah and Benjamin. And uh, those will be the, the Southern tribes and Jerusalem will be the capital there in which they will, they will survive and return in the days of Nehemiah. But, but, but the the northern tribes will be wiped out and uh just an interesting dynamic of the 12 tribes of israel we'll see we'll see that even in revelation in the end times the 12 apostles but the the dynamic of the story is that even though they are unfaithful our god is faithful and he will continue to be faithful until the end uh, even with the tribes of Israel, after all that he's done for them, um, they will be unfaithful to him. So it's interesting dynamic as the story unfolds for us. We move into Joshua. We'll see you tomorrow. Bible Rundown.